I could not see the light at the end of the tunnel when I was in some of my darkest moments, forcing me to shed the version of myself that could not go where I was going. No matter how successful I was, I was numb. The version of myself that I have found, I would not have found her without the ugly invitation into the most intimate, deepest relationship with myself. And this concept means so many things to me beyond financially wealthy. Rich in community, rich in connection, rich in network, rich in health, rich in family, rich in opportunity. Welcome to the transition. Welcome to the new podcast. Welcome to the new concept. And welcome to my new life, rich in real life. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Rich in Real Life. I'm your host, Jessica Hurley, and I'm here with another incredible guest. And I cannot wait for you to hear this story and meet this woman. She is someone I'd like to call a friend. She is the founder of Design Water. A, she is an incredible creative and someone that I just truly admire and I feel like really mirrors so much of this journey for me that is um, the hardest and the mo most difficult parts when it comes to the perseverance and the risks, high risk, high reward that is required of successful entrepreneurship, especially when deep dreams are involved, uh, like the, the dreams that we have when we lose sleep at night. And so I love this story and I truly love this woman. And she's also the creative designer behind our woman, our annual women's event, Innovative Income, and so many other incredible events. So you have to meet her. You have to hear this story. So without further ado, I want to introduce you guys to Romy Cervantes. Hi. Hello. <laughs> I'm a great Nailed hype it. woman. Yes. Know the intro always. So welcome to the Thank table. You. How do you, you feel? Good. It's crazy considering the fact that like I didn't know you last year. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just like the journey that we've had together and I've had personally, um, literally how much can change within a year. Like, I feel like every aspect of my life is different. Everything. That's why we at the table. Right Everything. Now. That's what we gotta, I guess we that's what we're here to talk about. Y'all have to hear this story. And so I want to crack open first. Uh, what is Design Water and what do you do? Yes. So we are a creative design studio mm -hmm. in the heart of New Orleans. Um, so we offer design services for events, for restaurants, for Airbnbs. Um, we also have a space so that you can rent our space, get custom mm. design services, use it for your content, for your events. And then we offer rentals too, unique, vintage, funky pieces of furniture and, and rentals to use for your events. So, so. This, this ain't no play play. I want to be clear. This space that she's talking about in the heart of New Orleans, how big is this? Um, 11,000 square feet. Hey, <laughs> so this is big business. This yeah. is big business, y'all. Um, and I'm so proud to witness it because it sounds like, uh, as we're talking about it on the show, that it sounds like something that has come natural for you. And it's just was so easy. And I, I got a chance to witness the journey and it was not. Mm -hmm. That's the opposite of what it was. Mm -hmm. And so I want to start with something that I truly admire about you so I can really help people understand at your core who you are and just one of the most incredible traits that I witness in you over and over and over again. And it is your ability to drown out the noise and trust yourself. Mm -hmm. You got that muscle worked girl. If it was on the exterior, it would be fine and refined. You hear me? Like you're the muscle that you use to trust yourself. I have seen in action over and over and over again. And it's even one that I struggle with. I know it's necessary in entrepreneurship, but I even, right. I still have to go seek other people and get people to bless 
or validate my idea at times before I go take some massive risk. And just in the last year that I've known you and the story that I know to be true about you, um, that is something that I feel like it is a muscle you have mastered in trusting yourself and your inner voice. Where in the hell did you get that from? (laughs) Um, Let's see. So I would say like throughout my whole life, like I've been super strong willed and just independent and exercise that muscle here and there throughout growing up. But the point that was like my biggest, oh, we got to buckle the fuck up and go. Like, <laughs> I was it, waiting it, for the fuck it to come out because that's how you roll. <laughs> um, was when I lived in Tampa and I was working full time. I just got my MBA and my goal was always to move to San Francisco and work in tech. Like that was my goal. And that was crystal clear. Crystal clear. Wow. Um that was that was a goal, um, especially, you know, with all these like large companies. And I was just like, what is that? How do you get into that industry? Like, that's a skill that I feel like I could do. So I want right. to do it. And, you know, after I finished my MBA, you know, I was interviewing, doing remote interviewing, got a job at a startup. Like I did the thing. Mm. And it's like, here now. Yes, it's here. It's yeah. my chapter. I'm going to yep. move. You know, I've been in the Southeast my whole life, lived in Nashville, lived in Tampa. Mm-hmm. And so now it's time to do something different away from my network, away from friends, family, everything I've known. Like, that's what I wanted. I wanted to be by myself and mm-hmm. do that. Um, got to the airport. It was the year of like that huge hurricane. I don't even know which Irma. one. Irma. Yes. Yep. Because that was when you had just had Cam. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm at the airport. Delay, delay, delay. Like, all my flights have been delayed. Mind you, I broke my lease, got rid of all my furniture when I got the job. Like Sold it. Yeah, oh on God. Craigslist because Facebook Marketplace wasn't popping back then. Like, <laughs> Everything gone. <laughs> like, Come meet, get it. You like meet someone in the alley, you're like, here's my lamps. <laughs> like, it's like that type of thing. Yeah. So like, I had a week to get rid of everything, break my lease, get my shit together and like go. So I'm at the airport. Flights were delayed for a day. I spent the night in the airport, like with my bag. Um, and you're like, it's all it's all good, my new life. Oh, yeah. No, not, I mean, it was just like, okay, it's a storm, you know. Yep. Now, I knew that when I got to San Francisco, I have nowhere to stay. So I had to find somewhere to stay. And then I knew no one. So my plan was to just get an Airbnb when I got there. And I had one week to find somewhere to stay before my new job. I got a call from them. Finally got a flight. We were about to board. I got a call from the founder um, of the company, and they had lost their funding. <laughs> the, it's, it's so volatile in um, startup industry. Like, that's, you know, it's not abnormal. But for that to be your first experience, and I was like, at that moment, I was like, do I stay or do I go? Like, I'm about to move to the most expensive city in the U.S. with nowhere to stay and now no job. Like, and And I have nothing here. Yeah, I can't be like, let me crash at your place for a week. Like, let me just get settled. No, like, I still hadn't even booked the Airbnb. (laughs) That's cool now, but it probably wasn't then. (laughs) No, that was back when it was still like, oh, you know, we're not sure about this. Yeah, Yeah, we're not sure about this. Um, and so, you know, like, I mean, I was crying. I knew I wasn't going to stay. Like, I mean, I had all the thoughts, but like, I knew I wasn't going to stay. I knew I was going, but like, I called my parents and I was just like, just to let you know, I don't have my job, but I'm so, they're like, so are you going to stay? And I was like, no, like <laughs> I, I had always wanted to go. So like, why would I stop now? Like, I'll figure it out. And, um, at that point I knew like betting on myself that like I had to do that. I had to do that because I needed to change what was currently going on in my situation. Mm. And so I got out there, um, got my Airbnb, started working at Cheesecake Factory immediately because I had to like, you know, waitress, get something. I was getting up my life savings to get an apartment out there. Um, Started working at Cheesecake Factory, kept applying and I landed my next, you know, job in tech while out there. 
Um, and then that's led me to like the career I had, which then led me to my passion. So it's like, had I not gone to San Francisco, none uh, of this would be happening. Hold on. I want to speak on this for a second. Cause you said after you got your MBA, you went and worked at the cheesecake factory <laughs> and hold, hold please. <laughs> Cause if there ain't some more things you could do this humbling than that, it ain't too many more. Yeah. I remember, um, when I got my degree and I was like, who's paying me six figures? Like I got my degree and I was like out the gate, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. And my first job was a bottle girl. Mm. I was a damn bottle girl. Cause I was like, I was applying everywhere yeah. and everybody was like, oh, it's just a degree. Like mm -hmm. you got a degree, you're 21 years old. Like I don't, you, you're not useful here. Yeah. And I'm like, what? I remember like serving these bottles in underwear shorts. And I'm like, this can't be life. This can't be life. Yeah. And so the humble, humbling experience to then go get an MBA mm -hmm. and work at Cheesecake Factory. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I was also walking dogs. Like I was babysitting. Like I had to do everything. I mean, it's like 2500 for an apartment. I put first month, last month in the apartment. Like I was saving for that. And so I was like doing everything. Like I was hustling. Yeah. Sometimes the survival mode <laughs> works and sometimes it eats us alive. Yeah. Okay. So this thing leads you... There's a really cool part of this story that I love is that you commit three or four months working this job at Cheesecake Factory. You get a job in tech. Mm -hmm. You've now committed to the thing. You're in the city that you always wanted to be in. It was way harder than it should have been with mm -hmm. an MBA. Mm -hmm. um, really quick, what happens uh, a week after you start your job? I start my job. <laughs> and uh, a week later is the holiday party. And that's where I met my husband. So I was like, oh, okay, God, I see what you're doing. You didn't bring me out here for what I thought I was coming for. There was actually something else that was going to be part of my life that would change my life mm. um, as well. And with that came like a lot of lessons that needed to be learned. <laughs> and, Relationships will grow you. <laughs> yeah. And it also grew me as an entrepreneur too. Like everything was like lining up the skills that I needed, the grit to take the risk, you know, the relationship, like the losing your pride to do something you may not want to do for a little while, like all of that was leading up for like what this purpose was that I wasn't sure what it was yet. I was just like in search, you know, to find it and move on it. But so the grit doesn't stop <laughs> there because most of you would be listening or watching and thinking like you got the job in tech, good five figures, right? Six figures, sat oh, six figure salary, over six figure salary. Um, that that should be the end all be all. I thought it was. But you're not like that. And they'll figure that out eventually. You're not like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what happened? Yeah. So, I mean, at first I was like, I love this job. Like, I loved it. You know, I was nope. getting to travel the world. I spent a third of my year in India. I was traveling to Sydney, Australia. It's like everything that I wanted in a career I had done. And I needed to do that for me. And I did it. But then after a few years, I was like, was this really what I wanted? Was this really it? Like, like, was this it? Like, I feel, I feel like I exercised the muscle and like proved to myself that I could do what I needed to do. Right. Yep. But that thing inside of me, like knew that like, that wasn't it. Like I was just, I was not happy. Like I did not want to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. But then you got to look at like what all you did to get there. And then to realize that it's not the thing you went through something similar, yep. you have all the things and it's like, I'm, I'm, this ain't it. This like, ain't it. it's not it. Um, and then part of you like carries that guilt. Like, I don't want to give this up, you know, one for the safety, the security, but then it's like what I did to get here. Yeah. And then I look ungrateful. Yeah. Who am I? People would die to be in my position. Yeah. What am I doing? Yeah. 
And um, there were parts of it that I did like, you know, but I knew that wasn't it. So I started my business on the side and I did it on the side for a while until the point where I literally could not anymore because I had too much work, too many clients, overworked myself way too crazy. Yeah. Doing both for almost two years while working full time, traveling and all that stuff. Um, and then we moved to New Orleans right at the start of COVID. Mm. Yeah. So you are virtually, well, you're working for tech. Yeah. You are, you've started your business in this design company where you are, and th these are really not like, I really want to uh, take what Romy does and make it clear to the next level. These are like beyond Instagrammable spaces. Like she creates spaces that her, her brand has a look. Like when you walk into a space, you're like, Romy did this. You can tell it just makes it, there's got to be a, it just makes you feel like wild and free and expressive and fun. And like you create, you curate these spaces that create a vibe, mm -hmm. like a vibe, like that every time I've been in a space that you've touched, it feels like it brings my soul to life. Mm -hmm. Like it, sometimes I'm like, I'm rich. I feel like a hot girl. <laughs> I'm this, I'm that. I can be confident in this yeah. space. I'm a queen. Like you just create these spaces that make me like the versions of myself that I love come to life. Mm -hmm. You are like, you just curate these incredible experiences. And so now, which is, people, let's highlight this for a second. This is a service-based business. Mm -hmm. So there is no, this requires you yes. all the time, mm -hmm. every time. So you're working full-time and then it's service-based business on the side, but I don't get to like make a phone call, make something happen. I'm showing up physically yes. for all of this. Yes. I'm doing the build, the physical installation, the creative part, like meeting with the client, like all of that. Um, so it's not a scalable business. It's not mm -hmm. an outsourced business. I am the business. Um, Everybody wants to be the business, but they don't talk about what comes with it yeah. as the business. When you are the brand and the person and the CEO and the hiring director and the the visionary and the, the finance director, the, mm -hmm. all the things like what, what is scalable about that? Yeah. It's so hard. Mm -hmm. And so now you're in this pivotal moment, which I think so many of us are find ourselves in is we don't hear the story enough is like having a great full-time job. You know, people talk, Carrie talk so much shit in the, you know, it's draining you and it's taken away from you and it's, it's killing your creative spirit and all these things, but you had an incredible six figure full-time job. And then you had this thing you loved, mm -hmm. which was not making you the same amount of money. It was not replacing your income, No, but you're passionate about it, yes. but it doesn't seem scalable. No, it doesn't seem scalable. I'm not making anything from it because I was strategically putting every single penny that I earned back into it to help eventually make it scalable. But at the time, it was like, why am I doing this? People were like, why aren't you taking a salary? Like, why aren't you? And I was like, because I know that I can't keep going like this. I need to be putting it back into it because eventually this has to change. And thank God I did that because that's what allowed me to then acquire the building um, at some point you know, by just like pouring back into the business to make it better, stronger, more resilient, better client experience, like all of that. And you worked that. Yeah. To be clear, you worked that. Yeah. But you're in the middle of this pivotal decision and you go on this whim of trusting your gut again. What was this? <laughs> so this is what led me to you. You know, I was at the point in my business. So, you know, all the things they say are like your most stressful 
things that you do in life. It's like starting a business, yeah. making a move, yep. getting married, having a baby. Yep. Yeah. So it's like I was doing all of those except having a baby. So I had just moved across the country mm-hmm. with just a suitcase, mm-hmm. like newlywed. Mm-hmm. Then we bought a house, mm-hmm. started my business mm-hmm. and COVID hit like at the same like little couple months. Oh, hell no. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> so you talk about like world just like completely shook up as far as everything, just like the way you think you operate. I mean, everything was happening at once. And I was doing both jobs and like, so I guess lost. I was just like, I need someone like this is all so new. Like I'm, I'm, I'm working myself till two, three, four in the morning, crying myself to sleep for like three hours mm-hmm. to wake up, you to know, do it again. to do it again. And I was just like, I need help. Like, I remember crying in the shower and I was just like, how do you get a mentor? Like, what is that? How do people do that? How do you find a mentor? I will do anything for a mentor to just like talk to someone, a friend, anybody who has done something similar, like who I can talk about my business to. I had no one to talk about my business to because mind you, I was keeping it under wraps for a while. Because people are so opinionated. Because people are so opinionated and because I didn't want people to downplay what I was doing because of what I, I had just done in my career. Mm. A lot of people were banking on me to do that. I did it and I didn't want to let them down. Mm. So that's why I did both for so long. Wow. Yeah. So you know how they say like, oh, how's your little side business going? And I'm like, um, it's actually huge, but no one knows. <laughs> like, it's all right. I'm just, I'm just designing a few things here and there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I wanted it, you know, to be like, oh, okay, well, like that makes sense why you would yeah. do that. Um, so it was just like so alone in that way. And um. I was on Instagram doing research for real estate investing and came across Christina Aguilera's page. Mm-hmm. And she happened to be shouting out innovative income in her stories. Mm. Yeah. Wild. Small like, wild. I wasn't even trying to find the mentor. I was trying to do more stuff with my money. And yeah. Make some yeah. Stuff. <laughs> what I'm doing isn't working. So where can I push this money around? Exactly. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, it's stuff on the inside. You got to do. Got it. Um, <laughs> oh, what is this? <laughs> what is this? Yeah. Um, so she, she shouted out innovative income. Like I hit the page, I see you and Megan and I'm like, oh, they're cute. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're right. Um, and so I listened to one podcast episode and it was the mask we wear as women. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I was wearing all of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. I was Wait, like, that's me. Yeah. Then you go to the next one. And I was like, oh, that one too. And I was like, oh, okay. I got a lot of masks on right now. Um, and, but you shouted out the event, like innovative income mm-hmm. in the beginning. And it was in and there that I was like, I didn't even research it. I was just like, you know what? She just said this. I was just in the shower talking about how I needed to be around a group of women who have been through something similar. Bought my ticket to Tampa. And didn't know a soul in the room. Didn't know you. I wasn't even following you on Instagram or Megan. Um, And again, just like took that leap of faith because I was like, I know I need to do something different. Like this has to change. And um, when you're so aligned with what you know you need, like Mm. one thing was all I needed to get me there. So I bought the ticket, booked my hotel, and then I get to the event. (laughs) I didn't know anybody. They gotta go pitching a mastermind. Um, <laughs> but we're crying all weekend. Crying all weekend. <laughs> and, you know, you're sitting by girls like I had never met, you know, yeah. I, I met one person. I was just like, this is so new. But like I found my one girl and we yep. sat beside each other the yep. whole time. Yep. 
Um, and then, you know, y'all were talking about the mastermind. And I knew that as soon as you dropped it, like as soon as you mentioned it, I was like, that's exactly what I need to do. Um, and like, I don't spend money like that. Like You really don't? Though. No. No. <laughs> at all? No. <laughs> I told you I haven't been to the mall in four years. Yeah. Like, at all. You um, do not spend money on yourself? No. No. Um, and I was like, that's got to be it. Like, it has to be. It has to be it. Like, this is exactly what I need. Um, and so again, and then at the end of the event, I came up to you and I was like, hey, I don't know you. My name's Romy. Like, you did. But I'm going to be in your mastermind. And <laughs> I, I was like, this girl's energy. The, it was just your energy. I was like, I don't know who you are. And you were just so, you told me all about your business, all about your life, all about your personal life and what you had been through and what, mm-hmm. what Tampa meant to you. And I was like, mm-hmm. and it wasn't pretty. Mm-mm. What Tampa meant to you wasn't pretty. Tampa was ugly. Ugly <laughs> to you. Tampa treated you like shit. And I was like. You came back to the place you despise for this event. Yes. So I hadn't been back to Tampa. So when I lived in Tampa, it was like some stuff going on that I needed to leave. Yep. So not only was I doing that for my career and, you know, because that's you know, I'd always wanted to be in San Francisco, I was like, I have to get out of Tampa. And I had not been back to Tampa until um, that event. Yeah. So when you when you were talking about the event on the podcast, you're like, oh, it's in Tampa, Florida. And I was like, oh, man, shit. Of all the places... <laughs> Of all the places, I got to go back to Tampa to do this, but I did it. And listen, <laughs> I trusted you. I don't. I don't know why, but you this is the it. thing, though. You trusted us, mm-hmm. but you've always trusted you. I trusted me first. Yeah, you have had Megan and I will talk about you for years to come because you have had, you have always had everything you needed. All you needed was exactly what you said. You just needed people around you to support you're crazy. Mm-hmm. You were like, I'm a little bit crazy. Yeah. And I deeply believe in myself. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to do. And I've already decided, but please feel free to insert yourself. Mm-hmm. And we were the group that was like, no, do that shit. And you were like, okay, I was just checking. I just wanted some people to cheer me on while I was doing it. And we get, we had your back mm-hmm. and you did it. And then everything that you needed to refine the experience, we gave you what we had and you are the queen of execution. Mm-hmm. You are like, give it to me, give it to me straight, and I'm going to do it right now. Yes. And the things that I have seen you done do so much so, I have to tell this story because it's the funniest thing Romy's ever done. Oh, Lord. So Romy's in our mastermind last year, um, and we we uh, challenge the ladies to do a, um, we have a three-day event, an in-person retreat, and in, in, uh, weeks before, we are like, you're going to do a pitch. We're going to do business casual attire. You're going to do a pitch. We're going to record it. And you're going to pitch your business idea or concept or uh, next level to us as if we're your ideal client. So if we're a, if your ideal client is a hotel or a, a corporate business or an a investment firm or whatever it is, but you're going to pretend we're your dream client, you're going to pitch us. We have no idea what people are coming to the thing with, but we're thinking they're coming with something that is involved in their business. And we're going to pick a winner. Y'all. This is the funniest shit I've ever had happen to me before. So Romy comes to our two events ago to Innovative Income to seek community connection and some mentorship. Ends up in the mastermind. Well, leading up to our very last event, we didn't have a budget for design. So Megan and I have have had the audacity for the last four Innovative Incomes to like make shift a lot of our design work. So much so that it actually is like the last thing that we do 
that we just kind of throw shit together the last minute and just hope that nobody will notice. <laughs> and so Romy comes to this mastermind with a presentation as she's like, so y'all are my dream clients. Innovative income is my dream client. And then tells us everything that she can do, which we already knew, knew and shows all her like exceptional work and then goes into why we're the problem. And does this presentation where she had took screenshots of where in like all of our design work, you could see like the cord hanging out, like, like the cord of the light hanging out or like where something was malfunctioning or like, like called us out and was like, y'all are the talent. You have no business doing your own design work in this big event with 200 women and you're going to impact them and your design work looks like shit. And like the way you sold us, I was like, the way you called us out, I was like, you right. You 100% right. Like this, at the level we're trying to scale, this thing can't look mm -hmm. like this. It yeah. needs to look like how it feels. It felt great. It looked terrible. It looked terrible. You said it. Mediocre at best. Not me. <laughs> uh, mediocre at best. Design is not our forte. And so we always had these visions, but we threw them together last minute. And it was mm -hmm. like two people that, yeah, no, we're both visionaries. We can't do anything like that. <laughs> Well, it's like, how do you want that event to feel? Like, what do you want those guests to experience when you're there? But also the long-term effect of it, too. That's all your marketing for the next year. You got all your content. You got 200 people taking pictures of your content for you, talking about your stuff on the internet. Yes. So you're letting not just you and that event down. You're letting that whole network down to also bring more people to you. Mm. So that's like those add-on effects from something by, like, investing in event design, especially nowadays, it's expected. Like, you yeah. can't have one without it. But you're not just thinking about, okay, what's my event design budget? It's what is my marketing, advertising, PR, networking budget? All of this. Because this, this stuff is going to live forever until your next event. And yes. like you need more people talking about it, excited to share it, like feeling themselves in it. And then you want people on their best level to go out and tell their friends and then to also sign up for what you're doing at the end too. They got to buy into the whole experience. Y'all heard that, right? That's what you were doing is in the presentation, you were like missed opportunity, missed opportunity, mm -hmm. missed opportunity. Like if someone was a type in this last year's event and this came up and I was like, oh shit. Like <laughs> I was like, oh, we messed this up. Like I saw it so clear. And then fast forward, we got a chance to work with you this year at Innovative mm -hmm. Income, January, 2022. And women spoke about it. They felt it. One of the best feelings I'll ever experienced was one the night before coming down and seeing you work because you pulled an all-nighter you psycho um but coming down the next morning before everyone came down we came down in our pjs and we got to see the stage and to feel it felt like what it was supposed to feel like before anyone opened their mouth mm -hmm. that was the crazy part yeah like i was like you're gonna walk in this room and you're gonna know exactly what you're getting without either one of us opening your mouth so you had the perfect vibe and then when we came back downstairs makeup on ready 10 minutes before show start i'm watching everyone outside and all these curated spaces that you've created these um what do you what do you call them like sweet photo ops photo ops thank you brand activations oh my bad brand <laughs> activations it, that's what it was doing it was activating because mm -hmm. i walk out and women are already laughing taking photos they're happy they're doing boomerang walks they're they're feeling themselves. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, holy crap, without music playing, without mm -hmm. anyone talking, you set the tone mm -hmm. already. It was like a whole vibe was set before anyone opened their mouth. And I was like, oh, that's why. Yeah. 
Can you imagine if none of that was in the hallway, right? So you had the closed doors and you had 200 people just in the hallway not knowing each other. So it creates that connection in that community too. Like you're moving around, hey, can you hold my phone and like come in on this? And yeah. it just, it creates an experience for your guests um, that they can remember and feel with them outside of just, you know, the content of the people speaking. So that was super cool to see. I'm getting And that chills. was my first event. It was I so crazy. You pitched us and it was so good. Yeah, that was my first event because I had been only in interiors up until that point and um, knew when I wanted to switch to the event industry. And so, that was when I met you six months before that. So I just yes. want to give a timeline. I want to zoom out on this timeline because how quickly Romy made this happen, I want somebody to be listening to this and realize when you are aligned and you have a vision, because I am a true believer that God will give you a vision and then you'll push it aside, but it's really a preview into what is. Mm -hmm. And you just have to like take the small steps and allow the things to come. Mm -hmm. And when I met you six months before that, you just said, I want to switch from interior design to event design, design big event design. Mm -hmm. And then now you pitched us mm -hmm. and we were sold. We were like, done, say less. We look like idiots. Fix it, please, Jesus. Um, and then you do our event, bring this thing to life six months later. And then a snowball. What happened? Mm -hmm. One thing before that is when I pitched you and then you said yes, I bought a trailer. Oh, my God. I, was like, I know. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, oh, OK. So like I got one. So like this is my business now. Like I know I can do this. And that's the thing. It's like you take the small steps, but then sometimes you have to take that big step to anchor you into that next thing. Because I could have like, you know, rented a truck and drove down here. But it was I was like, if I go ahead and buy it, then that means the next five people, I'm ready to go because like I'm about yes. to do this and then I'm going to yes. talk about it and then I'm going to show it. And then the next five people that call me, I'm like, I'm fully equipped. Like, what do you need? When do you want me to pull up? Um, and so that big step is what allowed me to like then take it into full force after innovative income. This is so big because I just we just did this on another episode. Check this episode out with Joshua Monday. Uh, we talked about like starting having a business idea starting and having to sell or pitch it with nothing in tow. Mm -hmm. Like, like pitch that you can do something and know that you can do it. Yeah. But you may not have any resources. Mm -hmm. So you pitched, and I'm not saying you lied, you pitched an idea knowing you were perfectly aligned to do this, mm -hmm. but did not have the trail. You were in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. So you're like, I'm going to get this stuff to you. Yeah. I don't know how, but I got it. I promise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in being so aligned and deeply in belief with yourself that if you, if I could just get this, yes, mm -hmm. I can handle the rest. Just yeah. get me over this one hump. Get me over this one hump and mm -hmm. I can handle the rest. Yeah. And you're fully committed. That's like, it's just such an act of like faith, like faith without worry. Mm -hmm. Like just give me this one. Yes. And I'm, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. And you jumped in. Yeah. You jumped in. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah, I mean, that was a whole vibe. Booked a couple more like huge event clients, like did a couple of restaurants in New Orleans and just like one thing like led to another. And then I'm doing all these events. Right. So I'm acquiring all this inventory. Meanwhile, it's in my house and like storage units like I'm maxed out. Like you mm -hmm. can't get to the kitchen without jumping over four throne chairs. Like, what are we doing? here? <laughs> this can't be my life. Yes. And so I'm moving in and out. Um, and so. At that point, I was like, I'd always wanted this, but 
I knew I was going to need a space. Like I knew I was going to need Where am I going to keep all this equipment? Where am I going to keep all this equipment? I knew I needed to hire people. But I was like, I can't have you come into my bedroom to work with me. Like I need people in and out building stuff. Like I was building things in my backyard, set up like a spray tent under my gazebo. Like I was just like doing it all over the place. Um, but I knew I needed something in order to scale. Mm. Like I had too much work that I could physically upkeep at the scale that I was operating at. Um, so another big bet was in the works. My biggest bet yet. <laughs> your biggest bet. Your biggest bet. And let's hold yeah. on. Let's talk about this because it was it was a vision. Mm-hmm. And you said it at Innovative Income. You said it on stage at the event that you curated the vibe. We brought you on stage because it was the first time I had heard it come out of your mouth. Yeah. You got on stage and said something else, Psycho. And I was like, where are we going with this? And you were like, say, well, what did you say? So this is my first event that I had mm-hmm. designed, right? First event. Just bought my trailer. Just in my first event. I stood on that stage and I was like, I will have a building in every major city in the U.S. <laughs> All y'all will want to come to my space. I'm going to design it cool. You can take your content. You can record your podcast there. Like this will be all over every city in the U.S. I'm going to start New Orleans and grow it. I'm going to purchase it this year. And I was like, wow. And that was January 20th. This 20th, year. 2022. That was this year. What is it? We're in August. August. Okay. So eight months later. Go ahead. Crazy. <laughs> crazy. Crazy that I love, but crazy. Go ahead. Crazy. Tell them. So yeah, six months later, I closed on a $1.2 million property for my business. <laughs> I get the chills every time you tell this. <laughs> so talk about a transformation within a year. And like the amount of scale that I we're met you reach. in July of 2021. Yes. It is August 2022. Yes. And you have really? since started a business, sold it to several major events like Sherm, like major events. Sherm. Yeah. Yeah. Purchased a $1.2 million building, 11,000 square feet to host events, to build my team, build your team, to house your equipment, and to do these major rentals. Mm hmm. In a year. You want to talk about imperfect action? Yes. Yes. And when you got back from this event, Mm -hmm. how quickly did you move? We're we're looking at August. This is a finished product. You've closed. We know this. January, you get back from Innovative Income. The next day. (laughs) Like, I drove home. We drove home from Tampa with the trailer all night. Um, Because it's a nine-hour drive without a trailer. Yeah. I get a trailer on my Pathfinder, which isn't even made to drive a trailer. Like... (laughs) You were the queen of making shit happen. <laughs> I swear. This girl put up at like midnight with a trailer and dropped the back open and all everything for the event was in it. And then didn't you tell us that like you had painted a piece of equipment in your backyard and it rained? Four times. Four times and you had to repaint it four times? Yes. Like I live in New Orleans. It rains every day. It's just like here. And so I don't have the space. So I like spray paint it with, you know, with my air gun and then it would rain. And I'm trying to like move them all inside the house. We did like six eight by four foot panels for your stage yeah so <laughs> you painted it four, four times. times four times and i was like oh this needs scalable and y'all and y'all making seven sales calls talking about this ain't gonna work like i really want y'all to hear this because the resistance the things that tried to pull you out of this mm-hmm. yet the way that you were like the decision is already for you what i've witnessed is when the decision is already made it don't matter what gets in your way Mm -hmm. like entrepreneurs we don't know no like we don't know no we don't know there's not a way we know like no i just figured something else out 
or I'm just going to push it through until I get through. And then next time I'll make it better. Mm -hmm. We learn by doing. We learn by doing. Yes. And you be pushing, boy. You be pushing the envelope. I'd be like, Romy, you still there? Like, (laughs) yeah. But you be showing up like this is for me and I don't care. And and here's the even crazy part. Like, you know, people will be like, it's going to work. It's going to work because I don't know nothing else. Now you've had other options. Mm -hmm. You've worked in tech. You've seen six-figure salaries. You've had things. But how does this make you feel that makes you know that you're like, ain't nothing else? The business or like that this is the thing? This is the thing. Because my level of impact I knew was only going to reach so far by myself and the way I operate. But with the extension of my talent and now spaces, I can reach more people in a way that like I would never be able to do by myself. So when I started the business, I called it Define Your Dwelling. Mm -hmm. I started with interiors. Like the whole point of it was to define what people wanted out of their space and to Mm. see their change. That's why- You define on you, don't you? Yeah, I have it tatted on me. Uh So that's staying there forever. (laughs) Um, So it's called Define Your Dwelling because the whole point was like to take ownership of your space and how you want to feel and what do you want to get out of it and how that can change your life. And so I felt so strongly about that, but I was like, I can only touch my clients by doing it this way. If I do it at events, how many hundreds of thousands of companies, of brands, of places can I now affect through like how I want to change people's like perspective and and liveliness and, you know, engagement through design? Like Mm. that was a purpose. Um, And then also I'm good at it. And I was like, you're damn good (laughs) at it. Say it again. (laughs) I'm real good at it. And um, I knew like I want to do something like I was excited about. I felt good about. I was good at. And it just comes so naturally for me. And the reason why I know that like I'm committed to it is because I did that shit for two years without taking a penny from it. So it's like, would you do something that you love with no pay for free for two years? It's like our bodies are designed to keep us comfortable. And the fact that I was committed to it and I still am today, that's how I know I'm committed because I wouldn't do nothing for free. Nothing. (laughs) I wouldn't do nothing for free except for this. And that's how I know I love it. I appreciate you talking about this so much. That part right there, because this is so glorified. Like business ownership, entrepreneurship, this is so damn glorified. And it has its perks, I promise. Mm-hmm. But the reality is there are it is few and far between that people pop something up and in six months it goes viral and they become multimillionaires. It is a series of trial and error, sacrifice, usually time after time, paying other people before you'll pay yourself or not paying yourself at all, or just a series of burn and turning income and just having enough to pay your bills. Mm-hmm. Like owners draw who, when, where? Like the, the when and if the business does it's exceedingly well, everyone is paid and you've even put money aside for growth and or emergencies, both of those categories being separate, then and only then mm-hmm. can I have an owner's draw. Like mm-hmm. you better love this shit. You better love the hell out of this shit. You better love this so much that you're going to cry on the floor and get up the next day and do it all over again in fear, in mm-hmm. doubt in like unknowing uncertainty like you better find the willingness when all the signs are red yes oh burning red (laughs) high risk (laughs) high risk yeah no reward no potential here nothing here turn around go the other way (laughs) no no um so but that's also why like sometimes i'm scared to, to to share it 
because like my vision's so strong. And I'm like, I don't want any other opinions to come in here and mess me up or throw me off or like tell me I'm crazy because I already know it is. But you call so, that the internal mute button. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You just gotta commit to it yourself. And another thing with taking risk is like you have to be okay with the risk. Like, what is the risk? Oh, the risk is like, I could go bankrupt. Like, I could do that. Like, what is that? Okay, am I going to be okay when I get there? Like, you have to commit to it. That's the whole point of the risk. And like, that's where people are like, oh, do we take the risk? But like, the risk is actually what scares you. So if you can commit to it and be like, okay, this is the worst thing that will happen. Will I be okay? Can I get out of that situation? Yes. So, yeah. I mean, if we get there, okay, like, we'll figure it out. Um, but that protection mechanism mm -hmm. like keeps you back. But that's the thing. I'm just like, it's okay. Like you literally are. Let's talk yeah. about these burning reds for a minute. You find this building in New Orleans, <laughs> mm -hmm. driving down the street, and you're like, okay, this is brand new realm for you. And you're mm -hmm. like, okay, I have to come to a come up. I don't have a million dollars. Yeah, no, we don't have a million dollars. <laughs> we don't. We don't take a salary from this business. No. So I'm not taking a salary from the business that I love. I am working it tooth and nail. Yeah. I see this building. I want it. I need to come up with a business plan and pitch myself to a bank. And the signs are burning red. Mm -hmm. What happens? You know, on Shark Tank, I was telling you this on Shark Tank where they like pitch their business and they're like, you're way overvaluing your business. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're yeah. insane. That was me. <laughs> I was like, listen, I know we don't have, you know, a lot of stuff, but like this, 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 this will happen. Like I had to pitch myself. Yeah. Like I was pulling out all stops. Like that thing was like 50 pages, like market research, analysis, one year, five year, 10 year, 15, 25 year projections, hiring plan, operations, back end, what are your future expenses going to be? All that. Um, so I knew I had to come stacked with the with the stats and the data, something to support me knowing like you're going to look at my revenue last year. I didn't break 100K in revenue and I'm pitching you asking for a million dollars. Wow. So I don't have the proof that this is a viable business. No, I'm making this up. I'm the proof. And I need you to believe me. Yeah. I'm the proof. Um, and also creative financing, too. Mm. I leverage creative financing. So small business loan, like that standard, right? Mm -hmm. SBA loan. Um, but because I worked in corporate before, I built up my 401k. Mm. And there is a program where you can convert your 401k into your business's 401k and then you're able to leverage that for real estate investment purchases for your business or for business Ooh, expenses love that so i had to find a strategy to even come up with the 10 percent because i still had to put 10 percent down yeah yeah they're not going to do the whole thing for you, you got to be leveraged in some points they can take your life if you don't pay correct take your whole life yeah <laughs> so um i had to come up with a creative financing strategy even for my 10 percent so found that, did all the paperwork, months of paperwork, like to like convert everything. I had to switch my business from an LLC to a C-Corp in order to make that transaction, like a lot of stuff. But I was like, oh, okay, I've heard this is possible before, so I'm going to figure out the way to do it. Like, actually, you know what, who I heard it from? I saw a video, um, Irv, official. Yeah, like, yes. I don't know him. Yeah. But like, he made a video at one point, it was like, you can, uh, did you know, like, you can use your personal 401k for your business 401k? And I was, I thought that's all I heard. I was like, all right, I'm looking for properties. What? <laughs> we got to call him after this. I don't know he him. He was just on my show. We got to call him. <laughs> we got to call him. He made a video and I was like, it's possible it's out there. Someone's done it before. So that's all I need. Like, that's all I need if this is possible and it can be possible for me too. Um, so yeah, then I like researched it, found a company to help me make that transition, make sure everything's like legal. This is all new. 
This yeah. is all new. Yeah. You're literally figuring this out as you know. Yeah. As you go. Same time, like maintaining all the other like clients and projects and on the road, like all that's still going. But then we're undergoing like this just like massive um, legal change in structure, taxes, loans, all kinds of stuff to get this property. Um, so I had to do all that work to come up with, you know, here's my 10%. Here's my business plan. The first mm -hmm. bank was like, ha, like immediately. No, like they <laughs> laughed. They laughed. They were like, uh, be in business for five more years. Um, <laughs> I was like, touche. But all I heard was everything they pointed out in my business plan on what was lacking. And I was like, I'm about to add all this stuff. And I have an answer for every single one of those questions now. And so I'm just going to the next bank. pointed out what to fix. Thank you. Yeah. Like, thank you. This is new. That I, I mean, of course, you know, I thought I could do it on the first try, but a little bit of humble pie, what you need. But now I'm like, oh, okay, those are actually good points. Like, I do need to figure this, 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 this out. Um, so I refined the business plan, reworked it, pitched the second bank. They can give me half. Mm. And you're not taking it? No, I need the big building. Like, they were, they were <laughs> I'm not buying it out the back. I'm not settling for less. No, they were like, you know, we can get you out of New Orleans proper. You know, you, it'll be half the price. And I'm like, no, I need the foot traffic. This is why if I have the foot traffic XYZ, this amount of people visit the French Quarter, like this will help my business. That's the type of creativity I need. Like I was going off. I was like, I will not be out in the boonies of Louisiana, no. which is like 10 minutes outside of New Orleans. You get, <laughs> you get outside of New Orleans and it's like, people aren't walking around, no. you know? So like, I was like, this is why it has to be the big one. I know it's more expensive. I know it's higher risk, but the reward will be so much greater. Yes. So I had to refine the business plan, went to the second bank. They said no, um, especially for the type of property I wanted. Um, it was a 150 year old historic, huge mansion in New Orleans. Like, you know how cool those look, but they are high risk. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. going on. Katrina, all types of hurricanes, all kinds of stuff going on. So it's a huge project. Um, but the third one, like took everything from the second one. But the third one, they were like coming in hot. Like not only was I heated from the first two, yeah. but now I had the audacity to tell me no. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and like, I just, I felt so strongly about it because all this work was coming in. And I was like, I have to have this to scale. Not only was it like, oh, I want to do this. I was like, I have to do this in order to maintain operations and my sanity in my home. Like right. that was, it was dependent everything on that. Everything was at risk at yes. this point. Yes. Everything. Yes. Relationship, personal health, got cancer. Yep. Like literally working ourselves to death, doing um, just the silliest of stuff. But the business plan would help alleviate that with the acquisition of a building. So it wasn't an option. Like it right. was not an option. Um, and so I was like, OK, how many banks will it take? I don't care because if I do it for 5,000 of them, one of them will say yes. So it's just like, when will I get it? I don't care. But like I'm going to keep doing it forever till I get one. So you have to just like commit to what could that outcome be? You're going to get the no's. You're going to get the things going against you. But it's like, if I do it 5,000 times, one of them's got to say yes. One of them going to say it. Yeah. So there's not enough people in in this game anymore that have that level of resilience. You weren't even pressed. That was the crazy part. I remember like doing these group calls with you and like we're keeping tabs on this. And we're like, hey, Romy, how's the bitching going? Oh, another bank told me no. And we're like. Are you okay? You're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to make some adjustments. Yeah. We were like, oh, okay. Like, you were so engulfed in this. You were like, I'm not taking no for an answer. It's not even an option. Mm -hmm. You're doing like, it until I get there. Yeah, you're like, is is this the right time? Like, it's the right vision, but is it the right time? And I was like, yes, it's the right time. <laughs> like, thank you, God, for proving me wrong. <laughs> I, I love to see it. But you have to be so stupidly committed to your outcome. Stupidly. Like, 
of course, like logic, logic in the in the standard sense would would tell you it doesn't make sense. But when you're stupidly committed, um, it doesn't matter. We we're just talking about this in entrepreneurship. There's logic and there's magic. Yeah. And it's like there's a point where they collide mm-hmm. and you have to allow them to collide. Mm-hmm. Like if you go all logic, good luck. Mm-hmm. You'll burn yourself to the ground. You go all magic. Eventually the numbers, the numbers got to make sense. But there's this beautiful place in the middle where they meet mm-hmm. and you can come up with some of the best shit ever. Yes. And so Third Bank says yes. Yes. And you acquire this building. Yes. And then the life, life should go as planned and everything should be beautiful and you should be preparing this building for its grand opening as you are. But life catches up with you, right? Mm. You get cancer. Mm. You had started this healing journey and all this shit comes up. Mm -hmm. To to get on the phone with you and hear that I got the building, but I'm having surgery. Yeah, I found out I got the offer accepted and that I had cancer like it was like this same day or next day. Yeah. Yeah. And it had to be surgically removed immediately. Immediately. Yeah. And you were doing an event. Yes. I was traveling to Atlanta that week for an event. And they were like, can you come in tomorrow for the surgery? And I, Not I, to attend an event. To design, design an, an event. event. Yes. yes. I had a huge event to design in Atlanta the next day. 2,500 like, people. Yeah. 25. How many? 30,000. 30,000 people. Just kidding. 30,000 people design yeah. for this event. And they're like, you have cancer. You need to come in for surgery tomorrow. And you're like, prior I commitments. Need to, <laughs> I understand. I also need to postpone that. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so you postponed it. Yeah. Postpone it. You know, I had projects lined up after that too. So I had to commit to that one and then, you know, postpone the next ones because I had to have surgery the day I came back, you know, from that event. And then I had surgery for a couple of days and we left for our next retreat. And so meanwhile, you just close on a building. You have a certain amount of due diligence and period to like inspect the shit out of that property, find everything wrong with it. And so here I am like under meds, like had, you know, had surgery, like just finished event, going to the mastermind retreat. And like, I can't even be physical, physically like there. physically there to like now take care of all the negotiations, inspections and all that stuff. Um, so that was a hard time. But that retreat, if I didn't go on that retreat, it would have been way worse. Like. If I stayed, like I knew I needed that so that I could heal and like gain some peace and some clarity to to carry myself through it. Carry yourself through it. I want to talk about this for a second because there's not, there's going to be a lot of people listening to this where there's never going to be an appropriate time for you to focus on these things. And you, especially if you're listening to this, we're talking about acquiring a $1.2 million building, a design business that is you're counting on to float fixing this building. Mm -hmm. You have just had surgery from cancer. Mm -hmm. You have to now inspect this building. You have a mountain of all incredibly important things that need to be prioritized. And someone, someone is in us, is like, prioritize your healing. I'm sorry, but in my, in my other brain, I could totally hear like, fuck you. Like, I don't have time. I, I don't have time to cry. I don't have time mm-hmm. to fix things. I don't time. I don't have time to do internal work. Later. No, later. Yeah. yeah. And I hear this all the time where people are like, I want to do it, but I don't have time to be sad. I don't, I don't have time to, to cry. I don't have time. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna let you tell your version of this, but I'm, I'm always gonna tell it this way. You either do it when the opportunity comes or you'll do it when 
you wish you would have done it sooner. It will literally chase you down mm -hmm. and you will have, you will be forced to do it because you will be so incredibly uncomfortable in your own skin and you won't have a choice. How did you know that you were like amidst, amidst all this shit? Okay, fine. I'm going to do this shit. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to do this healing. I'm going to do this yeah. thing. I'm going to focus on myself right now. Yeah. We're going to do breath work right now. <laughs> um, meanwhile, um, Phone's blowing up. Everything's on fire. Everything's on fire. <laughs> and at this point, I'm still consulting, too, for, like, my job that actually pays me. Because <laughs> I need money to come in. Exactly. Because uh, we got to, you know, fix this building up. <laughs> um, so I knew it's like when the risk of how you have operated, you have to determine, like, there's risk in stepping away from it to work on yourself, right? I think that's the thing. It's like, if I step away, what will happen? This yeah. can't happen without me. I will miss something very important. Yeah. So it's like risky to do that. But it's like, for me, the risk was greater to stay the same mm. because I had like, I had cancer at this point. Now my body is shutting down. Like the risk to stay the same is greater than what may happen, you know? And, um, that was the same thing like when I chose to go to innovative income for the first time. It's like the risk of me staying in this state is very dangerous. Mm. So, yeah, it's risky to go, but you have to weigh like which one is more important at that time. And so the quicker you do it, the more everything else will flow. So I'm like, man, I should have ended this <laughs> because after doing that and going through that journey and just having that clarity and like learning about yourself, it enables you to then move more freely in business and then to have deals flow to you. And like, you're out there grinding, trying to do all this stuff and not heal. But like once you do it, things start to make sense. And then it's like, oh, I can manage this. Thank God I healed because that's what's allowed me to like manage this and like have this going right now. Um, because if I hadn't, it would be looking very different, very different. And so I, 100% believe that like the sooner you do it the better the yeah. sooner you commit to knowing that like you ain't shit yeah that's the biggest part it's like the pride you can't like we cannot go there at all at all and that was the hardest part in my relationship with myself like the shit I was telling myself and in my business it's like you are not the answer mm. with how you are right now so if you want all of these things to change if you want your relationship your mental health your physical health and your business to change who you are right now cannot do that. So who you are like has to change in order to affect all these other things. So I think that's why I was like, I cannot put this on hold because what I've done to myself and my health, like it's showing up. It's, it's showing, showing up. up. Yeah. Literally. If you've ever read the book, emotion code, there's books on this everywhere, but the book emotion code, like that is the last frontier is the physical exertion of your body showing you that internally you're, you, you, the internal part of your body can no longer stand to withhold the emotion that you're hoarding. Mm -hmm. And so now you've got these external effects and you, on top of that, you're exhausted, you're burned out. We could see it in you every time we saw you. Mm -hmm. I mean, you were pulling all nighters left and right. We didn't even know when you were sleeping, when you were wet. We knew like, we were like this poor girl mm. and like, not in, in that sense, but like, there's just, how do we get you to prioritize yourself? Mm -hmm. and, we're, and we're thinking when we put business and, and decision-making and assertiveness and, and our independence and all these things first that eventually we'll work ourselves up to this place where we'll be free enough that we can make better decisions. Right. And it doesn't come. Yeah. That's what you think it will do. It's like, let me just serve all these other external things that will then make my life easier. And then um, and only then. Yeah. Then and only then. Um, but that was wrong. <laughs> So I'm so glad I learned it now versus later. What did you say in that that came from that breathwork session? Because I love when you say this. I think this oh is so God. funny. So 
that was my last week to get all my stuff in for the building. So, you know, you have that due diligence period where you have to come correct with like everything you find in it in order to try to negotiate down. Mm -hmm. And so that was the week of our retreat. And so I could have stayed another week. You know, I'm calling contractors. I have, you know, at least 10 people in there every day trying to look at different stuff. Um, and I had five days left until everything was done and off the table. And it was like, do I go to this or do I continue to try to get another 50K, 25K? Like, that's huge. You huge. Yeah. But I had to just call it. I was like, you know what? At this point, it is what it is. And I know I'm getting this building regardless. I'm going to take it no matter how much work it needs. Like when I think about my life, 5, 10, 15 years, another another 25K doesn't matter at that point. Right. Because what this is going to allow me to do, like it is what it is at this point. I'm exhausted. I cannot do this for another week. But when we got to Sedona and we did that breath work, I'd never done breath work before. It was a beautiful experience. Um the rest that I had in that breath work, I said, I feel like I just rested for me and all my ancestors. Like my body almost shut down. Like I was barely breathing. Like I thought it was almost as if I was like dead while alive. Like when like I did that. Almost. Yes. Yeah. Like I could not feel my body. Like I could not feel my breath. I was like, am I dying? <laughs> but I can, I just, I surrendered. That was our word for the Surrender. week. Like I let that happen. And it's just like my body almost just like became so slow. And the rest that I got, like restored me from like everything the past year, mm. everything, like how tired I was. I had never felt so rested. And so after that breath work and I got to the place exhausted, but then we did the breath work. I was like, I feel like I've been sleeping for years. Like I felt great. Like it was crazy. Um, that's insane. That's experience. That's yeah. insane. I was watching you during that time and thinking, I couldn't be as strong as you were because you were so committed. You were like, I'm here now. Mm -hmm. I'm committed. I'm in. Like I'm, I'm listening. I'm attentive. I'm resting. I'm thinking, I would be in such a mental chaos if I was you. But then I was like, I understand what's going on. We had no phone service. Mm -hmm. There was no. You couldn't get tech. Like we were in a place that required us. To literally shut down and realize, like, it's bigger than you. Mm -hmm. Girls, it's bigger than you. Like, I can hear the voice. Ladies, it's bigger than you. It, none of this matters. And while it does matter, but I was watching you and I'm like, the mental strength and courage that is requiring of you to put all these wildly important things to rest for you to really put yourself first in a moment of time where it is the least convenient. Mm -hmm. It was so admirable. I was like, girl. This is going to pay off tenfold. Mm -hmm. And what did you tell me the other night about just like, it didn't change this being hard. Mm -hmm. It just changed how you perceive it. Exactly. It's always going to be hard. It's like choose your hard yeah. type thing. It's always going to be hard. So there's always an out. Yeah. It's so easy to have the out. There's always going to be something. And that doesn't change at all. But now the way that it affects you and it's not going to ruin your day and you're not going to take it home. And then you're not going to wear it on your body. Like, that's the most important part. You're not going to wear it in your body and wear it in your face and wear it in your reactions. Mm. Now I can just separate the two and be like, I am not this chaos, this pain, this trauma. I'm not my exhaustion. Like, I am exhausted. But, like, I don't have to live in this space anymore. Mm. Now I'm able to have perspective and see into it and then still continue with what I need to do. Yeah. Regardless. Because it's always going to be hard. So we're just like, oh, it's so hard all the time. Like, we're just like going to live there? Like, no, no. Like, 
that's what it is. But that's why you have to have that community of people around you who get it. And I think that was the hard part is like, this isn't relatable to other yeah. people. Like I can't talk about like, if, if you feel like you don't have people who understand where you're at and where you're coming from, that was super important to have in that time. It's ridiculously important. Like if you don't have people that can be your damage control mm -hmm. when you are in that negative thought spiral, because it will come, <laughs> you will be convinced at one time that you are not made for this. Yeah. And to have the people that are around, that are around you that are not as close to the problem and can see you for who you are is probably the most undervalued uh, tool in the toolkit of success in, in business ownership mm -hmm. is having the people around you that they can be a mirror reflection of you because they're not as close. The, the only the difference between you and them is that they're not as close to the problem as you are. Mm -hmm. So they don't feel what you feel, but they can see you as the best version of you. Mm -hmm. They just don't feel the fear that you feel in that moment. So mm -hmm. they can, they can self-reflect for you. Mm -hmm. That is the most undervalued thing I think for sure is all yeah. of us having each other. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So. I am so incredibly <laughs> proud of you. I had to have you on the show because we just talked about all this and this is what you've done in under 12 months. Mm -hmm. And so before you tell people where they can stalk you and learn more, what can we expect? Let's, let's, let's time travel. Let's collapse some time for a bit. If you did that yes. in a year, what can we expect over the next year for Design Water? What are we going to see? <laughs> that face. I got that face like I'm about to fuck you up again. No. <laughs> no, no, no. We're okay. So with the space, um, we will be able to host events. Yep. We're gonna have content rooms that you can rent out by the day, by the hour, by the weekend, by the week, like whatever you need. Content creators. Yes. Yeah. So they will be pre-designed spaces, but then you can also use our design services to custom design those. So if you want to come in and shoot something, host something, we are also the design service provider and the rentals provider. So it's all in one done for you service, custom mm. design. Um, with that, we will also expand to a couple like satellite locations. Like I have my eye on Nashville. That's where I'm from. Tampa, Miami, that's where my husband's from. But we will like expand out into other cities too so that you can um, like have, think of it like WeWork. Like, yeah. oh, do y'all have a WeWork here? It's going to be like, oh, do y'all have a Design Water Studio here? That's the place to go for your content. Like it will be known kind of like that. Um, so it's just a hub for all things like creative design. Oh! <laughs> I love this for you. And when I tell you what you say will be, what you say will be, because I know that to be true about you. I have seen nothing less. So I cannot <laughs> wait to shoot my content and design, and design water. Yes. I cannot wait Come to, to do this grand opening in New Orleans because mm -hmm. it's coming soon. Mm -hmm. And uh, let these people know where they can learn more, where they can stalk you, where they can follow this journey. Because I promise you, I've watched it for the last 11 months and it's been one of the most exciting movies I've gotten to be a part of and watch and witness. So tell them where they can continue to watch this. Yes, we like to move fast and we like to move big. <laughs> um, so Design Water Co. Mm -hmm. is our Instagram handle and then designwaterco.com. So hit me up there, follow the journey. Um, I'm getting told I need to show my face more. And Do you see this face? <laughs> Why would you not want to see this face? It's not all about the business. I'm going to be present, um, you know, talking about all the exciting things we're doing. I'm also growing my team. Yep. So if you're looking for some work, hit me up. Hello. <laughs> Hello, somebody. Yes. If you want to travel to different cities, do event installations with me, like that's the type of like flexibility I'm looking for. But growing the team, growing our spaces, growing our footprint and growing our services. Um, and I'm super excited. 
because I'm so aligned now. <laughs> you are so aligned and I cannot wait to yeah. watch and just get to sit on the sideline and celebrate. Thank you. So, congrats. Thank you. And thank you for showing your face on this show. I'm yes. so proud of you. Yes. So I never even had a personal Instagram in my life. I only made one for the business. Literally less than a year ago. Yeah. So here we are again. Yeah. <laughs> We're outside. <laughs> We're outside. We outside. So thank you, Romy, for coming to Rich in Real Life. I love thank to you. watch you curate this life, Rich in Real Life, these experiences for others and your brand and just uh, express your design that helps us express ourselves. So mm -hmm. thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you.